We'd like to welcome everyone to the four-year Career Hero Series call, starring Richard Brooks and our very special guest, Tom Chenault. Tom, say hello, sir. Hello, Richard Blissbrook. Thank you for letting <laughs> me be on this call. Awesome. Tom, I would love to introduce you to all of our guests, our listeners. Tom, if you don't know, is a 20-year veteran of the network marketing profession, and he's also a host of the largest MLM radio show in the world, which is absolutely awesome. He's also been named one of the world's top 25 leaders in the network marketing industry by the Association of Network Marketing Professionals. He's also a top three earner in his company with a team of over 400,000 distributors. Is that right, Tom? Uh, yeah, a few more than that, but that's a good enough number for me. That's, that's absolutely awesome. And for those of you that don't know, Tom's life has been one big adventure. He's been a corporate airplane salesperson, a stockbroker, a public relations firm owner, a radio show host, and an ultra-successful network marketer. So you're going to hear Tom's infectious sense of humor if you haven't caught on already when he, you know, ran and got off the plane. He wanted to make sure he was landing on our call in time. So as he shares his story about his uh, rise to the top of his profession and how he's helping others to do the same, that's what he's going to be doing with us this evening. He's going to be telling Tom. Tom's going to be sharing his story. And for those of you that do not know, which I cannot imagine anyone does not know, the awesome Richard Brooks. So a little bit about Richard. He joined the ranks of network marketing in 1977 at the age of 22. And I love how he likes to put it as before he left his four-year career at Foster Farms as a chicken chopper. If you haven't seen him perform that story on stage, I suggest you get to see him. But he left the chicken chopper to pursue the dream of financial freedom. And then at the age of 31, he became the CEO and then the owner of his own network marketing company. He is also the author of the highly acclaimed Mach 2, The Art of Vision and Self-Motivation, and also the four-year career book. So if you have not read either of them, I highly recommend you get yourself a copy after this call. So, gentlemen, let's get this show started. Take it away, Richard and Tom. Beautiful. Thank you, Colin. And, Tom, thank you so much for being uh, on my inaugural four-year career heroes call. You are uh, absolutely a network marketing hero and rock star. And so here's what we're going to do tonight. I'm going to ask you a series of detailed questions. And the purpose of these questions is to help people, whether they're prospects, trying to figure out how this whole thing works or, or brand new distributors who are looking to catapult their belief or maybe somebody who's been in the business for a while and is looking to like relaunch with a whole new set of beliefs. These questions are specifically designed to help people demystify how this whole thing works and how does a guy end up with over 400,000 people working for him and he doesn't have to employ any of them, and he doesn't have to manage any of them. How does that happen? That's, that's what we're going to end up with tonight. And what I want to start with, Tom, is just tell the audience briefly, what was your background prior to getting involved in network marketing? What did you do for a living? Where did you go to school? That kind of stuff. I was a busted-down alcoholic <laughs> so, 25 years ago. I got two DUIs and two disturbing the pieces in one month. So my entire resume was D-R-U-N-K, which is sad. But inside of that, I was a hugely successful stockbroker. And prior to that, I was a corporate airplane salesman. So I'd been in sales a lot, which hindered me in network marketing. 
And those are my two claims to fame. But I'll tell you what, I might have been successful financially, but I was like one of the most miserable people you ever met in your life until I got into network marketing with you. So what that says, if you're talking to somebody about the business and they're an absolute miserable drunk, they are an awesome prospect. <laughs> I'm telling you what, those are the best people. But you, you know, the want... trouble with that whole deal is there's about five things to fix before we can finally get the ball rolling down the road. But, man, I'll tell you what, alcoholics, and I've, 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 I'm around Alcoholics Anonymous every day in my life for the last 25 years. So I'm very plugged into that world, and they are the kindest, most brilliant people I know. And something went wrong, and they ended up not liking themselves so much, so much, and they buried that story in alcohol. But when you get people on the other side of that, they, you know, religious people don't want to go to hell. You have to agree with that. People from Alcoholics Anonymous and spiritual people have been to hell, and they don't want to go back. And that was the, yeah. that's the that's why I love those people so much, because it is an absolute second chance at life. And it's a very, very good way for them to get back on their feet, because obviously the entry is not going to bury anybody. It's always less than $500. Right. Okay, so speaking of entry, here's my next question. Who, and their name doesn't matter, I'm interested in the relationship, who was it that introduced you to this business model? How did you know this person? What did they do for a living? Where did they live in relationship with to you? Who was the person that introduced you? Just tell me that briefly. The guy's name was Eric McKelvey. And after I tried to tell everybody on earth that they should they should hire the great puffed up Tom Chenault just off of alcohol, I guarantee you Eric McKelvey was so smart because he stuck a flyer in a newspaper and I opened up the newspaper, got the flyer, and I went to his house, him and his wife Roxanne, signed up with him, and that began the adventure, and I haven't heard from them in 25 years. Okay, so tell me how you knew him. How did you know this guy? I didn't. I, I, I took his name off of a flyer in a newspaper machine. Wow. Okay, so what did the flyer say that interested you in the opportunity? What was the phrase? <laughs> What was the pitch? What was the benefit? What was it that got your attention? No background check. <laughs> no background no, I, check. I'm lying. I'm lying. It was, it was unlimited income. Hard workers make more. The more broke you are, the better. Call me right now. I can mentor you is what it said. It didn't say anything like that. But that's the truth, man. That's why I got in. There was no background check, no credit check. They just said, get to work, and I could do that. All right. So tell us how you launched. What was, what was, tell us about your first 90 days. And what I'm interested in there is, you know, what did you do that worked, if anything? And what did you do that didn't work that you wish you would have never done that you think might have cost you millions of dollars? And if, if you didn't launch right away, Tom, then what I want to know is, what did you do the first 90 days when you finally did launch? I was one of the fastest growing guys in that company. And people, 25 years later, I still go to their house and they say, Tom, do you want that package back I bought 25 years ago? I go, you still have that? 
And they go, yes. I go, why? And they said, because we knew that if we didn't buy it, you wouldn't leave. So inside of the whole conversation there is the only thing that I did that worked is I was unbelievably persistent. Now, what didn't work was the fact that I was so arrogant and so all for Tom Chenault and so all for walking across that stage as a cool guy, and I just left people in my wake. They signed up just to quit, and I never, ever had a chance. And fortunately, not 90 days into it, but about a year into it, a guy grabbed me and said, Tom, you've got unbelievable talent, but you are the most arrogant, self-centered fool I've ever met. And if you don't stop making network marketing about you, I guarantee you, you are going to fail and you're going to take a lot of people with you. And I about swallowed my cigar because nobody could talk to me that way. And he was 100% right. And I will thank him forever because I took the focus off of me and put it on them and everything shifted. Awesome. Okay. So tell us about some of your numbers. You got a group over 400,000 people. That's pretty mind boggling. So tell us what led to that 400,000 people in terms of how many people you personally enrolled. And I know some of us sometimes enroll people just to let them buy the product at wholesale. So we got customers in those numbers. But I'm just looking for the people that you, that you sold on the income opportunity. You presented it in a way that they got it, they got inspired, and they got in to build their own business, not to be a customer. How many of those people have you personally sponsored? You know, it's probably a lot, Richard, because my whole story, it's, it's in the hundreds, and I know most people don't say that, but where I live is in business builders. So I don't go shopping in a pond, fishing in a pond of, of, of product users, and then at the end of the day try to turn them into business builders. It's my premise that if I find a hundred product users, I might get one business builder. But if I find a hundred business builders, I'm going to have 10,000 product users. So my whole emphasis for years and years and years has been work smart, not so hard. And so every day of my life, I, and today included, I interview two people and I three-way one with my upline. And I teach my group to do that. But the people that I'm having the conversation with to do that, because it's not fun. It takes unbelievable discipline. It takes unbelievable uh, rejection, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, the people that I talk to want to do that. So I've built a really good leadership crew that are, I mean, 99.9% of the leaders in my organization are far better network marketers than I am. Okay. So hundreds and you've been doing this a long time, Tom, like, right, over 20 years? Yeah, ever since I got sober, 25 years. Yeah, 25 years. So hundreds over 25 years. Let me ask it a different way. In the first four years uh, after you launched in your current company with the people you have, 400,000 distributors, in the first four years, how many people do you think you sponsored? Hundreds. And I, I keep going back to that because – I, I, I have been, and I don't even know what the, I don't know where you're going with the question. So here's where I am on that. I know because people told me this, that the more that people that you enroll in this business, 
the more successful you're going to be. Today, I don't believe that. And it makes me crazy because I hear every day how many people signed up in the business in a day or in a week, in a month, in an hour, in a minute. And it's just crazy because it isn't. It isn't that that creates the big scorecard. It's the people that you bring in that you train right. And I would like to shrink the numbers down to how many people did Tom Chenault actually train right? Train right. And uh, it's not a lot, Richard. That's, you know, I, I would love to say I'm some guy with the secret to success and some massive trainer. I looked for people that were better than me. I turned them loose and supported them as much as I could. And I gave them the one skill set that I have, which is absolutely never quit. And it's worked out pretty good. Okay. So out of those hundreds of people that you sponsored, how many, now if you're a relatively new person, you may not understand this term, but those of you that are listening, but how many leadership legs do you have? So how many groups do you have that you have personally trained? Maybe it's not the person that you personally sponsored. Maybe it's somebody two or three levels below that blossomed into a leader leg how many leader legs do you have in your group? Smart question. And the answer to that is 11 after 17 years. And wow. why? Yeah, true story. And it doesn't have to be that many. But it's so funny. I was with one of those people last night. And he said, I cannot believe I'm one of this number. But it's my premise that you got to, when you're going to jump in the foxhole with somebody, and go all in, you don't have the time to be training, mentoring, bleeding, loving, everything, a multitude of people. That's part of the system. The, what my job is, I've got to have Kevin Martin, Craig Walcott, Scott Bardulis, these people knowing that my eyes are, po- are, are popping open at 2 o'clock in the morning worrying about their problems. Those guys go to bed at night knowing that my eyes are popping open at 2 o'clock in the morning worrying about them, and it is absolutely true. And you can't do that with the world. But if I teach those guys that by example, which is nothing more than love, it's got nothing to do with training or anything else. It's 100%. I love these people to death. I guarantee you they're going to do it with their groups, and it's going to grow exponentially just like my group did. And at the end of the day, you have those huge numbers in your organization. Beautiful. So speaking of huge numbers, I didn't tell you I might ask you this, but I'm curious if you know. Do you know how many generations deep your organization goes? I can tell you how many levels deep it is. Yeah. I can tell you how many levels. You want to know that? Yeah. 1,100. 1,100 levels? There's an 11. There is a leg, I swear, and I have no idea because I've never been anywhere near the bottom of it. There is a or there is a leg because it's part of the printout that says your deepest level is 1138 or some crazy number. Wow, now, I don't know amazing. how that happened. Yeah, that could have been a data deal, an input deal, or whatever it was. But at the end of the day, that's my deepest group. Awesome. That's beautiful. Okay. So you kind of covered this, but I'll see if you covered a different way. What is the one thing you did as a skill or a habit, just the one thing that you did that you believe has 
led primarily to your success? Love like crazy, then love more. And that's a cliche, okay. and I, I know it sounds trite, but it's the truth. And if you will spend time with a human being every day, and I do this with everybody I meet, I swear this is true, and if I don't do it, I beat myself up. And here's what I try to do every day. I try to make anybody that I interact with on any given day feel better having met me than they did when they got there. Now, a lot of those people, a lot of those people will never touch a network marketing deal, but I can still serve them. It might be Alcoholics Anonymous. It might be something else. But that premise has made me. A loving servant leader. Try to be. Beautiful. All right. Let's go past the self-absorbed narcissist that made it all about him. After you learned that lesson, and let's say during your run when you were creating lots of success, what's the number one thing that you found yourself doing, or maybe it's one thing you did one time, that you have a sense may have cost you and other people millions, like a strategy for building or a personal characteristic or, you know, like some people might say, you know, not keeping my word, not showing up on time for appointments or, you know, not spending enough time loving and training and transforming the people I sponsored. What's the one thing you think you have done that cost you the most money? First of all, I'm guilty of all those things. Lying, stealing, spitting on sidewalks. So none of that is on true story. But the one thing that I will tell you has cost me millions of dollars is me trying to be John Milton Fogg, me trying to be Richard Brooke, me trying to be Randy Gage, or me trying to be Eric Warre. I've got to love Tom Chenault, be Tom Chenault, and stop trying to be anybody else because people know. And I know that all that gizmo stuff that I was doing, you know, where I was trying to be hip, slick, and cool, cost me millions. And if I just would have loved me, been me, it would have worked out. But instead, I had to put up this stupid facade of having things and friends and all that jazz, and it's cost me dearly. Beautiful. Authenticity. That's what I hear there. That's a big one. But, you know, I think think you've learned that one quite a while, Tom, because you are – you are the real deal, and there's only one Tom Chenault. So what is, <laughs> I, what is your vision for your future? What are you building in the next five to ten years? What are you contributing? Not money, but how are you going to put your servant-loving leadership on the network marketing community or just the world that you touch? So – We've got, a, we've got a foundation for hungry kids. We're obviously really focused on recovering alcoholics and all that kind of crud. But at the end of the day, I'm a network marketer. It, took me, it was harder for me to admit that I was a network marketer than for me to admit I was an alcoholic. I am telling you. I did not want to be one. I thought I was better. And now I am one because of God's infinite wisdom. And my job on this planet is to expose more people to the fact that they can have time, health, and money. 
And so my mark is going to be to give this to people all over this planet. And I'm going to do it. And I'm 62 years old right now. My company's been around for 17 years. I've been in the industry for 25. So if you add 25 to 62, I'm a pretty old guy that is still going to be out there hammering away. But I'm going to tell you what, I am never going to give up because I think everybody needs this. And I might be the most obnoxious guy in the senior center, but I am never going to give up on this quest of changing the lives of people that want to change their lives. That will never end. I promise you. I will never retire. That's beautiful, Tom. Thank you. That's awesome. Really, really beautiful. Now, I want to digress for just a second because you're going to be featured in the next edition of the four-year career, the book. And I'm curious, and maybe some of the people on this call are curious, how you use that book, how you use it to prospect people, to introduce people to the concept of network marketing, to build their belief. How do you use it with new distributors you have? Tell us a little bit about that. The book is so great because it's experiential. And I know you don't let people buy their way in. So I know the people. No. I know Garrett McGrath. And yeah. I know that you will not sell your soul to somebody trying to get free press. So when I read that, I read that book like it is written in blood. And when I talk to people about buying it and using it, I tell them that they're going to get the fundamentals and the foundation of network marketing out of this book, but not to believe me, but to read the stories of people just like them that were in worse circumstance than they were that came out of it and climbed the mountain. And I look for every one of those people to find themselves in the book. And I read it over and over again because different people, have, I know they're going to resonate to a different story. So I am just a talent scout and a tour guide, and I send people to the story that they're going to resonate with. They're going to say, that's me, and then they're going to go read the rest of the book to get the fundamentals, and the party's over, and 99% of my belief problem, which is getting people to believe that they can do this, not just Tom Chenault, is over because of the four-year career. Yeah. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, buddy. That's beautiful. Nice work. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard the story. And, of course, there's hours and hours and hours of sub-stories in the Tom Chenault story. But you just heard the essence of it. You heard a guy who was introduced to network marketing when he didn't have a lot of other options. And his resume certainly didn't make him an extraordinary candidate. And you heard him acknowledge how he entered the business and went about I guess I could use the word abusing people in an effort to become successful and get recognition and climb the compensation plan. And when he figured out that being a servant-loving leader is what actually inspires people to want to do what you're doing. You know, when, when people look at something like the four-year career, that's nice, and they look at your comp plan, and they look at your products, and Okay, that's, that all sounds good. And the real connector, folks, is we have to inspire people to want to do what we're doing, to want to be who we are, uh, not specifically, but to, like, live the kind of life that we're living. We need to inspire people to be able to love somebody else enough to take them on and give them some tough love 
And if they're really ready to change their life, be a stand for them and be a, a leader for them. And Tom Chenault, you're just you're just one of the most amazing ambassadors of the network marketing profession and your story is phenomenal. A couple of hundred personally sponsored people turns into four hundred thousand and growing and really you did that with eleven people. So if you could have figured out early on who the eleven were and just stuck with them, you would have sponsored eleven people and ended up with four hundred thousand. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me and Tom Chenault on the inaugural For Your Career Heroes call. You got your first story under your belt. You listen to this over and over and over again. I guarantee you, you're going to develop the beliefs and the skills that are required for you to become a servant-loving leader and build your own empire.